Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. To the phone lines we go just about this same time every single Thursday to talk to our good friend of the show. His name is Brian Backo. He covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Mr. Backo, how we doing this Thursday afternoon? Oh, love and life. What about you guys? Man, anytime we get to hear your voice, it's always a pleasant day, baby. Come on now. We always Good gotta, vibes, Moats. I like it. We always, yes. we always got to butter our man up before we, uh, you know, put him to work here. Mr. Backo, topic uh, du jour, topic of the week, Steeler Nation, of course. Uh, everything that we saw, uh, video coming out yesterday with Chase Claypool from the incident on March 13th at the Wild Goose Tavern in California. Uh, your initial thoughts, your initial reactions to everything we saw yesterday. My initial reaction is it's it's a really bad look. I mean, I, I don't want to make too much of it, guys. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you, you got to realize that that's just not what you should be getting yourself into in the offseason. And, I mean, let's be honest, like, I'm sure Chase Claypool's boys know that, uh, you know, he, he's the last one of them that can afford to end up on camera or end up taking a punch or throwing a punch or throwing a kick. So, you know, I'm going to assume that they were probably trying to prevent that from happening. And uh, I don't know, man, you don't like to see it from a young guy, especially someone who uh, seemed to be getting a little bit full of himself towards the end of last year. Uh, I I didn't want to call him a diva when that, you know, weird (laughs) storyline popped up a couple weeks ago. And I still don't, think that's the right word for him but uh a guy who has to mature for sure that that's that's my takeaway from this now do you anticipate the nfl you know putting down any discipline on him because we know just how much that can vary <laughs> just yeah. you know depending on what's the hot topic this year right yeah i, I don't think so it, it didn't seem like enough of an actual physical altercation from what i could see now that i guess it could change if more evidence comes out or uh, if any charges are filed, but uh, I just think it's one of those uh, situations where, you know, th- there's not going to be a direct on field impact from it, uh, at least not in my opinion, but uh, it does leave you scratching your head uh, about someone who, you know, everything we heard about him coming out of the draft last year was a uh, high character guy, great dude. You want him on your team in your locker room. And I know I wrote about him a couple times last year and, and friends and family told me the exact same thing so uh it's you know one of those deals where you say hey even if the nfl doesn't suspend you even if you know the steelers don't discipline you uh someone's got to sit down and and talk with you about maybe reeling it in a little bit is that a conversation then mr backo maybe you know that this can almost kind of be a catalyst moment for um i think a lot of us would agree that the steelers have been noisy and it's been I want to be very clear with this it's been harmless noise okay like Chase Claypool going on an interview and saying ah the Browns are going to get clapped by the Chiefs anyways that is harmless noise he's not committing a crime he's not doing anything against humanity right Juju uh, being on TikTok too much or dancing on logos it's he's not committing a felony right like there's there's noise that is I don't know maybe some of the things that you know guys have been arrested for 
and then there's there's things that are harmless that I think that we can focus on. I, I do want to be very clear there that there is a difference, but noise is still noise regardless. We've seen Lev Bell depart the organization. We've seen Antonio Brown depart the organization. The two that we thought all that you know all that noise, all that hubbub was caused by. But there's still been some of that off-the-field stuff. Could this maybe be a moment? It does seem like the Steelers have tried to get back towards that, but we know that that is certainly a process. That's not just something you can flip the switch on or turn the page to in one day. Could this be a moment to, you know, just, hey, guys, again, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's just a bad look, but it's not the end of the world. But this is the kind of stuff we've just got to clean up going forward. Yeah, Wes, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, with with Claypool, we again we don't know the full story. He, he could have been in the right initially. Sure. He could have been trying to protect somebody. It, it could have been, you know, the other side of this whole uh, incident that that sparked it. But this still is not the way to handle it, and it's definitely not the way you want a guy who's a young face of your franchise to handle it. Uh, you you just have to know better. And in terms of all that stuff too, I mean, you have to want to grow up. I mean, that's not just advice for or not just you know something i would say about nfl players or or professional young professional athletes i mean that's any human in any walk of life to to take that next step and mature uh there's got to be some want to in you uh to to listen to to that advice and, and that leadership that might come your way so uh yeah i mean it's it's not it's not a distraction that you want if you're the steelers uh it's better for it to happen in mid march i guess than uh, you know, getting closer to the season. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that. We know they've had that over the years for sure. Uh, you know, let 2020 maybe, maybe chalk it up to COVID. That was a pretty clean year <laughs> in terms of how, how all that goes. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I guess Chase has been pretty quiet on social media since uh, that report broke late a couple nights ago. Not, uh, you know, he's, he's usually on Twitter or Instagram here and there. Wouldn't be bad for him to come out and, uh, and maybe apologize in some form. Yeah, we said um, he could either go the apology route or take the A-B route and just lay low for <laughs> the next 30 to 60 days until the next couple incidents happen and people forget about you. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to really do any interviews or anything right. in person for a while. Steelers Nation is going to be all about following the draft and, and whatever moves ah. are made. So he could fall off the face See? of the earth, but uh, <laughs> I don't know most. how many 23-year-olds do you know uh, who can ah, kind of do that in this world. Yeah, wishful thinking. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just sticking with this uh, situation, though, you have brought up something in terms of you weren't sure how if the NFL would do anything in terms of discipline or not. Do you anticipate Mr. Rooney and the organization doing anything, whether it's discipline, whether it's having him, you know, take uh, different classes for those type of situations or anything like that? What do you anticipate happening? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I know my coworker at the PG, my B partner, Ray Fittipaldo, wrote about this for the Post-Gazette yesterday, reached out to the Steelers. They didn't have any comment on it at the time, which, you know, maybe they're still gathering some, some information or, or fact-finding or whatever. Um, and again, I mean, with this happening in, in March, uh, I know when I covered college football, it was usually, uh, you know, the, that was the best time for it to happen because you can just say we're handling it in-house internal discipline and, and perhaps that's the route that the Steelers will take too and, and I and I guess that would probably be my prediction just because of kind of what I said at the beginning while while it's while it's not good uh, there's really not a whole lot that you can make out in that video not a whole lot of of hard and fast uh, evidence it, at least to me uh, 
Uh, maybe something else will, uh, you know, provide more clarity on that. But uh, I don't think it was a, a bad enough scene that the team absolutely has to do something or get uh, grilled for it in the media or by the fans. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, our guest here on the Steelers Blitz. All right, Mr. Backo, transitioning away from the Wild Goose Tavern and into the, Well, I was uh, going to say, the other thing is uh, there's actually a dude <laughs> in this draft named Rashad Wild Goose, a cornerback. So, stop it. Uh, wow. may, maybe the Steelers will have to look at him to pair uh, <laughs> pair him up with Chase Claypool in some one-on-ones. Yeah, see, that's our buddy Brian Backo. He's always, he's always got the good storylines. Hey, hey, and Backo, I, I don't want to jump on y'all right now, but have you ever been to the Wild Goose Tavern? Just, just out of curiosity. No, have you? No, I was just checking. <laughs> I have not been to the to the Wild Goose Tavern in Costa Mesa, California. Where is Costa any... Mesa? Is that northern? It's, it's, it's southern? Uh, southern Cal, like San Diego, right? Okay. Uh, I was Orange County, yeah, but okay. I was going to say, you know, I have not been to any establishment that calls itself the Wild Goose. I've been to the Tipsy Cow. I've spent way too much time at the Tipsy Cow in the shady side neighborhood of Pittsburgh. It might have changed names oh my uh, God. since then. But but that was actually like the neighborhood spot for me and some of my friends. So that's pretty funny now that I think about it. Wild Goose versus Tipsy Cow. I, who are you taking? Yeah, that yeah all right. You got 100 Wild Gooses. Boo! Who wins in a fight? Boo! A dozen Wild Gooses or one Tipsy Cow? I, I mean, you got to know what kind of, like what, how that cow responds to getting a little bit inebriated. You know? is, is it a dairy cow? Like, is it is it dairy cow? What type of cow are we talking? I need to know my cows. <laughs> How now? I think I'd like brown my chances better against the uh, against the wild goose. <laughs> than the cow. Yeah, that's that. How many wild gooses would it take to take down a that's tipsy a, cow? Ooh. That's like the new. How many licks does it take to get to the center of the tit- tootsie pop? The world may never know. Uh, Mr. Back- that's the other funny thing about Claypool, though, is like you know, uh, initially on social media, you see both ends of the spectrum. There's the, the clickbait sites that are like Cl- Steelers receiver Chase Claypool involved in wild melee. It's like okay, yeah, like, like he, you know, like, like he, the other side, like, he Randy, like he just melee. Randy Orton, like dude, in wild melee, <laughs> yeah, wild. But it's again, you know. The, the, then there's the people that immediately go to, "Oh, this wasn't uh, this wasn't anything serious. He was just defending his buddies. It's obvious he was actually breaking it up." Well, no, that's yeah. not true either. The the truth is somewhere in the middle. It always is, Mister Backo. Yeah, I was telling this to Moats in the first segment. I had somebody who called the show that I do on ESPN yesterday and said that the media was just making this a story that it was nothing and it was just a love tap from Chase Claypool. And I said, yeah, let me come to your house and kick you while you're on the couch, and I'll tell the police it was just a love tap. Mr. Backo, uh, transitioning to the Steelers football team, the on-field product, you mentioned there just a moment ago as we uh, approach the NFL draft that there's some, you know, some wild goose that could be drafted by the Steelers. Uh, As we're getting closer and closer, we are almost to April, April 29th, just about a month away today. Everything gets started in Cleveland. How are you prioritizing? What's your order, your priority order for the draft? Now, I know this could obviously change in the next, uh, you know, week or so, whatever, if the Steelers make some moves, some supplemental moves in free agency to address some of these needs. But as it stands right now, you know, if you were Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin and company, what would your kind of pecking order be in terms of priorities? Yeah, uh, certainly could change because I remember, I mean, a year ago before free agency, I thought this team's biggest need was tight end. Then they go out and get Eric Ebron. Yep. So it's it's fluid. But uh, I, in my Steelers mailbag today on postgazette.com, just went up a little bit earlier. I had a reader ask me how I would prioritize it as well, just like you did, Wes. And 
Uh, I'm still I'm still going running back one because that is one position that they very obviously did not address in free agency, even though there were, were no shortage of options out there. And a lot of guys who ended up having to settle for, for fairly cheap deals and options who are still out there, actually, I should note. Uh, so that's my number one for me. There's just nobody that you feel confident about on this roster taking over that role, I don't think. And even if you want a committee, you got to have somebody legit at the top of the committee. And sure. I'm not sure the Steelers have that. Um, number two, I, I, I go with center because, you know, B.J. Finney and J.C. Hassenauer, low-level moves this offseason. I don't know that you really want either one being that every-snap, every-game guy in 2021 at that position trying to replace Marquise Pouncey. So uh, I've got that, too. And, and number three, I was actually surprised. This is the one that changed the most for me based on the results of the last week. i got to put corner back there because you, you really only have – two starters in Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton. And, and while Sutton can play on the outside or the inside, you, you really need three. You, every team has three starters, basically a cornerback now, because everybody plays nickel defense uh, as their most common scheme on that side. So uh, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, you know, I, I still want to see them go pretty heavy offense, I think, at least at the top. But uh, the defensive needs just seem to increase by the day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you touched on it with uh, Steven Nelson's release. I actually wanted to get your thoughts on that. And if you thought that that was the right move in terms of releasing him, or could they have released other players that would have, you know, allowed them to have that same type of cap uh, freedom and stuff like that? I think it's the right move if you were absolutely hell-bent on getting rid of one of your highly paid veteran corners. Uh, I would have kept Joe Hayden over Nelson as well. But uh, I don't think I would have done that. I would have tried to shave. Uh, shave some salary off of other areas, whether that's you know uh, Chris Wormley and, and Joe Hag, a couple guys who seemingly were, were either brought in or brought back to basically be either backups or maybe in a rotation. In, in Wormley's case, on the defensive line, um, you know I, I didn't necessarily need to see Juju back in the receiving core. To, to be quite honest, uh, you know, it was obviously a bargain that they got him at, but. Uh, that to me is, you know, in the mailbag that I just mentioned uh, on our website, that's like my very last position of need now for the Steelers because you do have some numbers and some quality players at wide receiver. So I, I didn't, I don't agree uh, with parting with Steve Nelson. Now, granted, we, we don't know what we don't know in terms of maybe what all went down or what happened there, but I, I also wouldn't agree with the Steelers if uh, if it's true that they did go to him and ask him to take a pay cut or. Uh, you know, you know, do one of these weird void year uh, extension type deals like they apparently did with Eric Ebron. So, yeah, uh, I don't love it. And uh, I think, you know, it's nice that Cam Sutton has that versatility. And, you know, in the draft, you can not limit yourself to one type of cornerback, but you're not going to play with 10 next season. right? <laughs> so, I, you know, it doesn't matter that he can play inside and outside. You need a third guy. And if it's James Pierre, or Justin Lane, great. But uh, there's nothing proven there from either one of those two. I think that's well said by our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Beckel. Always laying it down. Always. Always. Always got the. T- you know, I, I had forgotten that we kind of like we had just gotten off the phone with Mr. Beckel when a lot of this big news yeah. and juju mm-hmm. stuff right. kind of started to break last week. So let me ask you this then, uh, Brian. Does it feel like this is something that Moats and I discussed on Tuesday? I feel like the Steelers are prioritizing the offense a little bit, right? Which is really weird to see from the Steelers organization, particularly people in our age group who have, you know, grown up fr- from Blitzburg uh, into Debo and, and Troy Polamalu and, and everything. 
but when you see what they've done from roster decisions, right? Cam Sutton has has been terminated. Cam Sutton. Cam Sorry, Sutton Steven Nelson. Steven, Cam Sutton will be back. Steven Nelson has been – see, I was trying so hard to make the, uh, the Terminator joke. I made the wrong one. Uh, Steven Nelson has been terminated. Uh, we know Tyson Alualu is gone. Mike Hilton is gone, right? Uh, they're keeping Juju, as you just related. Now, these things aren't as always – there's not the direct linear connection, I think, that we like to make a lot of times. But does it seem like – the Steelers think, okay, we need the offense to take a big step forward this year. Under Matt Canada, we need to revamp the offensive line. We need a run game. We need to not be so one-dimensional. That, in turn, will help the defense by keeping them off the field, by letting us possess the ball more and they play less snaps. And so from a talent standpoint, the defense might not be quite as loaded, but we still got T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt and Devin Bush and Mika Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden. Am I assuming too much here, or does it really feel like – they're trying to kind of prioritize the offense this year to load this thing up with Ben, and if they can take a big step forward on offense and maybe just a little bit of a fraction of a step back on defense, um, that they could be in a better position. See, I would frame it a little bit differently than you did. I actually think from a talent standpoint, that, that's where the defense is still good, right? Like that's, you know, you've hmm. got the high-end all-pro types. It's from the, the depth and the overall numbers standpoint now where all of a sudden the defense is, to me, real questionable or – or at least unknown in some of these areas. And, and perhaps that's more or less what the Steelers decided to do this offseason when uh, Art Rooney, too, and Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and, and company sat down to formulate the plan. Hey, as long as we have this big five, big six, whatever you want to call it, of TJ, uh, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Joe Hayden, Minka, I don't know if you want to throw Terrell Evans in there, but okay, you've got those guys. Can, can you almost – put interchangeable pieces around them and still be really good. I don't know, but, but maybe that was kind of their thinking. And, you know, with the offense, whether it's the receivers or the running backs, you know, one of the Tomlinisms that seemed to keep coming up last year was that the strength of the pack is the pack, meaning that there's a lot of them. They can do different things. And, uh, and, and, you know, you don't have to have that quote unquote, number one wide receiver or, number one running back like this team had when they were really good on offense, but also not getting to where they wanted to go ultimately in the postseason with A.B. and, and Le'Veon Bell. So uh, are you, you robbing Peter to pay Paul a little bit in some of these scenarios? Maybe, but uh, I would also just kind of, you know, uh, argue that are you really prioritizing some of the right personnel when you're bringing back Chris Wormley, who simply didn't show me much last year, and you're signing – a Joe Haig, who I don't think was very good last season when he got his opportunities with Tampa Bay. Mr. Brian Backhoe, you brought back some beautiful oh. memories when you said the strength of the pack is the pack. <laughs> you know, I'm when, good then. listen, because obviously when I was here, we didn't have the elite defense that you see now. We were the work in progress foundation, and then it became that, right? So he would come in there from 2014, 15, 16, and 17 talking about the strength of the pack is the pack we a pack of lions and the 15 pounds of meat it don't matter how we get it we just gotta find a way to get it and that was his thing and he would always tell us on defense i'm like man i forgot all about that till you just said that so <laughs> shout out to you brian Becko, for the pleasant memories <laughs> yeah it's basically just a, a spin on the old uh, you're only as strong as your weak. <laughs> so uh yeah I, I think you said that last year after one of those games where I don't know if it was Deontay who popped off or maybe mm. Chase Claypool popped off, but everybody, you know, was kind of wanted to ask him, you know, how are these guys, you know, managing to be so good and so efficient on offense? And 
uh, he dropped that after maybe uh, one of the Bengals, uh, one of the, <laughs> I guess the Bengals win. So, uh, but wait, we'll, we'll see if the strength of the pack is the pack on, uh, on offense. And we'll see if the strength of the defense is, you know, the elites of the elite. Because, uh, you know, if, you were di- if you're discounting the contributions of a Mike Hilton or a Tyson Alualu, uh, we will find out in 2021 if you really can replace those guys easily. Without a doubt. Whew. Now, I did have one last one. Ha- Go for I got to get you. Now, with this new created space on the cap, right, with the release of Steven Olsen, do you anticipate the Steelers having any more free agency moves before the draft? Not really. I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, but uh, I think a lot of it was kind of cost of doing business and getting ready to be able to sign uh, all these picks that they have. Uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on, on this draft class, which we've been saying for a while now. If this is really the last dance with, with Ben and, and now maybe even Juju and uh, potentially a, a couple other longtime guys like a David DeCastro, uh, you're going to need rookies who can come in and, and make an impact right away. And, and even Juju said that in his uh, sit down with uh, Taylor Bisciotti of NFL Network that uh, the draft is going to be crucial. They they need to find Chase Claypool types who don't need a ton of time to develop, and uh, they're going to need to do it at, at quite a few positions. So uh, that's why Kevin Colbert and, and Mike Tomlin are grinding right now on the pro day circuit. Seems like every day you see them uh, at one of these major schools with a lot of different prospects at a lot of different spots. Without a doubt, no combine, which means it's extra pro day season mm-hmm. this spring. Mr. Backo, before I let you go, uh, you know, I, I mean, I ask nothing but hard-hitting, real journalistic questions here on the show, right? right? So, I, I mean, I've That's got the a standard here. I've got a really hard-hitting, thought-provoking journalistic question before I let you go. We officially know now, uh, uh, April 29th, the first round of the draft will be will begin in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> I want you to harken back real quick. I'm sure you remember this. Two years ago, Mr. Batko, when the draft was in Nashville, Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, the Indianapolis Colts, they sent Pat McAfee out there to make a pick. You know, and he kind of roasted the Titans fans as a representative of the Colts organization. So, Mr. Batko, if you were sending a Pittsburgh Steeler, current or former, to Cleveland for the draft to roast the Browns, who would it be? I think it's got to be the big fellow, Zach Banner. I mean, the fact that he played for Cleveland and, and went 0-16 with Cleveland, and he's also just a funny guy. Oh, I forgot he went 0-16 been, with Cleveland. Did. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, hey, let's be honest, not a whole lot anybody in the Steelers organization can say about the Cleveland Brownies right now the way last season ended. So you're going to need some levity. You're going to need to keep it light, uh, and you're going to need someone who can tiptoe around that a little bit, and uh, I think Zach Banner's the man for the job. Well said. Always good stuff with our friend of the show, Brian Backo. Make sure you're checking out his work in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Yins already know. He doesn't do cap. Batman, we appreciate your time as always, buddy. We'll talk soon. Yeah, just don't send Juju or Chase to do that job, I guess, after the way 2020 ended. Bye, guys. Well, tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow we'll, we'll meet you at the Tipsy Cow for Colt. Oh, he hung up. I, was gonna, uh, I love it. I was going to tell him we were going to meet at the Tipsy Cow for Cold Ones. But, I mean, he, he did get a pretty good joke there. I like it. At the end. Left on a high note. Folks, we're going to enter our final segment of the uh, this edition of the Steelers Blitz. On the other side, there is a officiating controversy in the sporting world right now that I want to get Arthur Motes' take on. And also, we got to have a little Hall of Honor conversation. Oh, yeah, we are getting close to Hall of Honor announcements for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of big names. Recent guys like Heath Miller and Joey Porter, uh, some more 
legendary guys like Myron Cope and Louis Lips uh, all up for Hall of Honor induction into the Steelers organization this year. We'll do all that when we return, as well as getting to your tweets. Last chance to get them in or forever hold your peace at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. I mean, not forever hold your peace, but you have to hold your peace for a few days because this is our last show of the week. So get it while it's hot. Plenty on the table on the other side. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.